0: Welcome back, friends. This episode is so special to me, and it's so special because this guest is so special. Number one, I have known this guest for the last couple of years. We have worked together on creative projects. He has been someone that has been just such a mentor in the CBD space for when I was basically formulating and cultivating the brand of Get Super. And he's just someone that, honestly, I love to have a conversation with. I voice note him all the time. I honestly look up to him in so many different ways and elements as an entrepreneur, but also just as someone that is really looking at the wellness space in a different way. And I'm excited to have him on for an organic conversation about his brand, which is Soul. So you guys, please welcome Mike Lee to the podcast, a little bit about Mike. Mike has fought in front of millions in the biggest arenas over the world, okay? He's done MGM Grand in Las Vegas. He's done Madison Square Garden in New York. However, his journey as a boxer had a lot of up and downs. In his prime career, he spent almost two years in and out of the hospital battling what he found out was an autoimmune disease that almost ended his career. He was fed up with the hospital visits and he was on years of prescription medication. He finally moved into something else as kind of this last ditch effort, which is moving into the wellness world, learning everything he could about nutrition and mindset, and most importantly, CBD. With the help of diving into this world, Mike defied every doctor's prognosis and he went on to fight eight more fights, becoming the number three ranked fighter in the world and eventually fighting for a world title. Today, he's the CEO and co-founder of Soul, a CBD wellness brand with his sister, Angie Lee. Most of you guys know her from the Angie Lee Show. And Mike continues to basically deliver on his mission by helping people find their natural relief from pain, anxiety, and more. So without further ado, let's bring Mike on. I'm just so excited to have you on the show. You also are like a dear friend of mine and someone that I've just been able to talk shop with and also this incredible co-founder of Soul CBD. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I, I'm excited. Yeah, I think there's very few people that understand the uh, difficulties of trying to run a CBD business with all the compliance and uh, headaches. So it's it's nice to like vent and talk shop a little bit sometimes.
0: You came in in such a pivotal part of me, like growing and working through Get Super, that I'm just, I'm just so thankful for you. But you also just have this incredible background and story, and I, I want to kind of just dive into this. So, Mike, you are not just like a, a co-founder; you're not just an entrepreneur. You're actually a like a fighter, a title fighter, and you went down this whole journey into understanding kind of this autoimmune disease. And I, I, I want you to kind of start there. I want you to start with how this led you to creating Soul.
1: I was a professional fighter for uh, almost a decade. I got signed by top rank out of the amateurs at like 21 years old. And so for me, it was a dream come true. And, and I had no idea whether I'd go one fight or 30 fights or fight for titles or not. But a lot of ups and downs throughout that journey, I'm super grateful for I ended up retiring about three years ago and retired with a 21-1 and record and fought for some belts, like you mentioned, and got to fight in some incredible arenas. Uh, My last fight at MGM Grand in Las Vegas for a world title. So yeah, super grateful for that. And obviously it took a lot of hard work, dedication, so many different things that I learned mentally transitioning into being an entrepreneur and quite literally getting knocked down and getting back up again. Uh, so literally and figuratively, I've gone through that. But um, during my career in about 2013, I was about 12 and 0, I started to get really sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, like so many people that deal with autoimmune issues, it went years and years really undiagnosed. And my immune system was shutting down. I was getting headaches. I was getting terrible back pain. I was getting joint pain, mm-hmm. um, just systemic inflammation. And everything's kind of shutting down. I was eventually diagnosed with autoimmune disease, and then from there, just so many other things tacked onto it. I had mold, parasites, uh, heavy metals, and worked really, really hard to get myself healthy, honestly. And so the last part of my career was definitely more of pushing myself into it. Everything was more difficult. Recovery was more difficult. Training was more difficult. But- The blessing that came out of it and the gift that came out of it is my knowledge and really just understanding my body and natural solutions to these things I was struggling with. Because for a long time, I was just on medications, prescription medications. I was on eight different medications, in fact, at one point. And so, you know, being addicted to painkillers and on antidepressants and anti anxiety and you trust people because they're wearing a white coat and not that they have malicious intent, but I just knew in my gut and my instincts that like number nine wasn't going to be the answer. So Mm -hmm. it led me down this road of discovering about nutrition and uh, breath work and hot, cold contrast and supplementation and just really adding more tools to the tool belt. And that was the birth of soul and how I discovered CBD. It helped me get off anti-anxiety. I was on lorazepam for a long time. And it's like, at this point, it's like, of course I was, I was, you know, my entire life and identity was stripped away from me and I was 26 years old. So of course I had anxiety, of course I had depression. So it helped me get off these things and led me down a different path. And now just grateful to be able to help other people get out of pain.
0: What a story. And also I I love that you kind of touched on something where my struggle with anxiety is very similar to yours, where it was like, you know, I was kind of diagnosed in the height of the pandemic, lost 75% of the business. And it was like this diagnosis that came from you know the therapist of like holy shit, my whole life is now going to be turned upside down And you know that was one thing where there had been a level of addiction in my family so I wasn't going to go on medication because of what I had previously seen with certain family members. So how did you start incorporating CBD? like were you just like researching everything? were you researching like holistic solutions like what led you to CBD and then, what did that start to look like, like in your body and the way that you felt?
1: I started at a very low dose and well, you know, I was getting drug tested at the time. So it was really important that I was taking things that I trusted yeah. and that was the most difficult part. And another reason why I wanted to start the company, it's like, there were very few reputable companies out there that I felt like I could take these products and not test positive for THC, mm-hmm. for heavy metals, for all these other things. So coming across it, that direction really kind of steered me towards, well, I'm going to create a solution. You know what I mean? But I started really slow and I noticed for me, the first thing was anxiety. And here's the most important thing about CBD and why people get confused with it in terms of why it helps with sleep, but also pain, but also anxiety. And what it does is it activates your endocannabinoid system and it puts your nervous system into homeostasis. And so I think there's a trickle down effect with that. And for me, I was in such fight or flight that all these other symptoms were just being exacerbated by the constant stress that I was in. So yes, it helped with anxiety, but it also started to help with pain and and it started to help with inflammation and all these other things that I think really were a result of me being constantly in fight or flight. So I just started taking it more and more. And then men were calling up my sister, who's my co-founder, Angie. And telling her about it. And, and, you know, she's like, is this going to get me high? And that's the number (laughs) one question we got. And it just kind of shows you where we were in our journey years and years ago. But, you know, it was one of those things that we, we found so much success in and we found it was such a low risk, high reward thing for us. And so anytime that I could turn to a solution that I felt was safe and is low risk, high reward, I was, I was more open-minded to it
0: that's so beautiful. So what made you say, okay, I found the solution, which was CBD. Now I want to go start a brand. You have, you know, Soul CBD, but now you're actually branching out into more wellness-based products as well. So what yeah. what was the connection here of like I'm I'm feeling better and now I'm going to go straight into being this entrepreneur and launching this brand with with Angie.
1: Well, once again, like my entire life uh pain mm-hmm. pain has led to some of the greatest things that I now have or do or have experienced. Two fights ago, I think in 2018, early 2018, I fractured my rib. I broke my rib in the second round of a fight and I had to go eight more rounds with the broken rib. Um, it was for a title fight back home in Chicago. One of the belts that I have behind me, <laughs> I somehow won to this day and it was the worst pain of my life. I think adrenaline really took over. And so I did the interview. People could tell I was hurt and injured, but I got through the fight. I did the interview in the ring, got back to the dressing room and collapsed. And they sent me to the ER. And so I was in the hospital till about 4am with a broken rib and actually a torn ligament as well. And so That was some of the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And the thing about broken ribs is that there's really not much you can do. It's not like if you break a hand, you could still run or Mm -hmm. when you break a rib, you're out. And so that moment was really serendipitous because we had had these ideas of starting the business, but I was dead in my career fighting for titles. And so I had a good six months off Mm -hmm. and instead of just traveling or kind of messing around or getting in trouble... I was like, man, maybe there's something to this. Let's start this company. And so wow. my sister and I just bootstrapped it to start and create a little shitty website and ordered some product and went down the whole route and were like, let's launch it and see what happens. And little do we know it'd take off the way it did now. And so I ended up having one more fight, a title fight. At that point, we had hired a bunch of people to help run it. I focused on boxing the last fight retired, and then came in full-time as the CEO of Soul.
0: That is just so amazing. So let's get into kind of the CBD industry because you and I know the pain, but I want to hear firsthand why having a CBD-based company is different than another consumer packaged goods company. What do you see as like the pros and the cons of being in like the CBD industry?
1: Yeah, well, the pros are if sourced correctly, it's a product that really works. I mean, we sourced it from hemp, for instance, it can be sourced from marijuana as well. But regardless, these cannabinoids have been used for thousands of years and even THC.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't mean a demonized THC. I think it has its place and its purpose, but CBD, CBN, CBG, like all these compounds in this plant have such incredible medicinal benefits. So that's the pro is, is is it's something that works, right? There's so many cons and it's definitely better than what it was when we first started. But in the beginning, merchant processing, for instance, we couldn't use us banks. So we were using overseas banks, kind of shady. I had money stolen from me. We were at crazy high uh, rates. I think we're at like 5% processing fees Wow! and then advertising. Right. So as any new brand, it's like, how do you acquire new customers? And some of the main channels up until recently wouldn't even allow CBD or hemp language on there. Even today, there's still compliance issues. And so what I can say in the ads and how I can say it are still guarded so much more and restricted than other supplement brands, for instance. So it's tough to really scale on those channels and then even like influencers. So, you know, for every 10 we reach out to, we'll find out that like maybe three want to work with us because we're CBD. And the other seven are like, I just don't know yet. It's still a little taboo. Should I play with it? Should I not?
0: Even now, you still feel like that?
1: I still, yeah, we still see that. Wow. Like Jazz, our community manager, is constantly reaching out, different influencers, and we're still getting no's because we're CBD, Mm -hmm. like the majority, I would say, which is wild. And so, and I get it. It's up to these influencers and these different partners and platforms. You know, we've done a handful of collaborations now with different brands, but we've done different like email swaps or Instagram swaps or giveaways with different brands that we were prospecting, so to speak. And it's literally gotten to the one yard line. They're like, all right, we're so excited about this. We love your brand. Oh, wait, we talked to the lawyers and we can't do it because you're CBD. So, you know, there's just so many retail is a a nightmare with CBD and, and hemp in general. So, you know. It's federally legal, but the compliance and everything just still hasn't caught up. And it's really been demonized for unfair reasons. So, yeah,
0: that's it's so interesting, you know, to talk with you about this. And we still continue to see such growth in the CBD industry. Right. And even the THC industry. I think we see like brands, especially now like soul and then even brands more on the THC front like can where it's like, you guys have really been able to capture the market and make it something digestible, but also something that goes against the traditional cannabis stereotype. But it's also one of those things where when you actually sit down and you talk with you, you realize how much red tape you guys actually have to jump through for a product that really is helping and making people to feel better.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole left and right, but it's like the amount of X. FDA executives that end up working for pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sickening. And even politicians working for FDA and pharmaceutical. And so that whole industry of lobbying has been one of the main reasons why hemp has been demonized, Mm -hmm. along with other reasons. Uh, Hemp really, in the beginning, hemp jeopardized paper. And paper was such a huge industry. And so since the 1920s, it's been demonized for that reason and a lot of lobbying efforts and propaganda. So mm-hmm. CBD has no liver toxicity and they've done studies now. And, and what that means essentially is, you know, you can't overdose on it. So when I say low risk, high reward, what I mean is, you know, I could walk down the street today and go into CVS or Walgreens and go pick up Tylenol, ibuprofen, all these over-the-counter medications take the whole bottle, overdose and die. Mm-hmm. So the hypocrisy that's in our system right now because of lobbying and money has really held down and held back uh, many natural supplements, everything from psilocybin and all the incredible studies we're seeing that helping uh, depression and PTSD mm-hmm. down to non-psychoactive elements like CBD that don't get you high. Yeah. So yeah, like I was saying, I think we're just fighting the good fight and It's not an if, but a when, and it's just going to take some time.
0: I love it. And I love that. I feel like we're seeing so much progression, like just what you were saying with like the different psychedelics and different therapy and things like that. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good. You won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned, broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get Super, and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high as all of our products are non psychoactive. Get super has been featured in Forbes US today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys get super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I have walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. As you're growing Soul mm-hmm. and you're looking at the wellness, the kind of runway for, for wellness and just, you know, the greater population starting to understand that there's more of holistic approach and, you know, there's a difference between kind of big pharma versus actual like plant-based medicine. Where are you going to be taking Soul? Like what direction are you going to be taking the brand and what like what's kind of exciting and on the forefront there?
1: That's something that we internally have been talking about for a long time now. We started to expand our non CBD line for mainly all the reasons I just kind of mentioned. For us, CBD got us here, but at Seoul, we really want to, you know, help people with anxiety, sleep, pain. We want to focus on some of those pain points and then insert our expertise, our doctor formulated ingredients, our process to that. So instead of saying, here's CBD. How can I solve a problem? It's what's the problem that our audience and customer base is dealing with and how can we solve that? So we're expanding the wellness line that way, but even on the flip side, we're actually creating a THC line right now. Really excited oh my about
0: gosh. it. Fun.
1: Yeah. It, so it won't be under soul because I want to keep that very wellness and non THC and our audience knows that. So it's going to have its own branding. We're still working on that, but Hemp-derived THC can be shipped direct consumer to all 50 states. And so there are a lot of people that want to do that. And here's our idea. And this is, I think, kind of unique and fun. So often, I don't know about you, I'm I'm not a huge consumer of THC, but when I do take a gummy, it's always too much. Oh. Or I don't know how much I'm taking, right? Yeah. Or like you take that edible, you think you're fine. Think and then I'm next not. thing you know, you're you're like in outer space and like... <laughs> you're you wake up next morning and you have a Postmates bill of like $300. <laughs> so yeah, for us, we wanted to kind of micro dose a little bit cool. similar to can similar to some of these other to where if you're a busy mom or you're a guy who just got done working out and you want to relax or you want to go out to the bars, you don't want to drink. So we're going to formulate gummies that will have uh smaller doses in it. And ways that people can kind of work their way up and almost be like a wine replacement versus just going to the moon and and getting high right off the bat.
0: I love that so much. And that is, I mean, that's also why I fell in love with can was because I didn't always want the alcohol, but I also didn't want the gummy. And I'm like notoriously like I stay so far away from THC gummies because of that exact reason where it just feels like it's like choose your own adventure, but you're really not sure what you're going to get. And I I love that. So I'm just so curious, are you guys thinking or considering going down the mushroom route? Like, is there talks of like looking into like, whether it's adaptogen based or even microdosing, like the psychedelic portion? Like, what does that look like for you? Or is that just not of any interest?
1: It's absolutely of interest. The issue is the compliance and regulation around it is extremely, extremely difficult. So right now we do have some mushrooms, non, non non-psychoactive. So like lion's mane, reishi, all these incredible adaptogens. We have them in some of our, a lot of our products, but in terms of psilocybin, uh, no, as a company it'd be difficult, but as a consumer myself, Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually was just on a, um, a special on ESPN, E60 called peace of mind. Uh, that aired last week. It was myself and three other professional athletes that were part of these um, clinical studies on psilocybin and concussions and psilocybin and its effects on depression. And so we were in Jamaica last year with a team of doctors and going through the ceremony and the special aired on uh, ESPN E60 a couple of weeks ago. And so from that standpoint, I'm personally invested in it. I believe in it. I've seen it help me. I've seen it help other athletes, other people dealing with trauma. But, you know, from a business side, it would just, unfortunately, it'd be really too much of a hassle to try to get involved with. I'm going to stay in my lane on that end.
0: I love it. So I want to, I want to ask you, you know, I kind of want to move into you being an entrepreneur because, you know, I feel like you have this mental like toughness, like from being like, you know, going into being a fighter, then going into being an entrepreneur. And like, even what you were saying, like, you know, you get knocked down twice, stand up a third time. Like it just is kind of in you knowing what you know now about launching a brand, whether it's CBD or, you know, just launching a business in general, knowing what you know now, would you still do it? Would you go back and do it again?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I couldn't be a part of something that I didn't feel was mission driven, Mm. you know, especially being in a career where I had to deal with so much pain and so many ups and downs. Like. If you don't have an ultimate why, like you'll just, you'll never get through that type of career, ever become one of the best in the world at at anything, whether it's sports or not. So I do have a huge why with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. I think there's a bunch of little things tactically that I would definitely do different on the business side, but choosing to start, you know, 10 out of 10, I would do it again.
0: I, I love that. So moving into like your community now what has been some of the biggest learning lessons of actually building up an audience and or a community and like approaching these customers? I mean, you and Angie, I feel like both in your own right have established such strong personal brands. How how was that approach when it came to soul? What did that look like, you know, when it came to actually kind of building a brand with influence that was mission led, but you know, that also was attracting new customers and educating people on what CBD could do for them?
1: Yeah, I think we realized that, We couldn't compete right off the bat financially or brand awareness with Charlotte's Web, with Mentara, with some of the big guys. And so if you're just starting a brand on your own, you have to think of what can I do differently? How can I compete where they can't compete? And you're never going to outspend them. You're never going to get more brand awareness. You're not going to get Kim Kardashian when they have the budget to, and you don't. So for us, we really wanted to start community first, brand second. And what I mean by that is everything between product ideation to launches to we have community uh taste tester squad that helps us choose the next flavors of our gummies. We are constantly asking and taking polls of our community and what they want. And Angie's in the DMs, I'm in the DMs. You know, we've scaled to the point where we have a team now and I definitely have to step back, but especially in the beginning we leaned on Angie's audience, especially in terms of, you know, she spoke about anxiety and her pain points were already built in. And I think if you're starting a brand, it needs to align with what your audience is also worried about and collect that information. I mean, if you're only posting about fashion and all of a sudden you're posting about wellness, well, that's a pretty fast 180. Like you have to get your audience to know, okay, why do I follow Mike Lee? Why do I follow Angie Lee? Why do I follow soul? Getting aligned with that, I think was really important. And if anything, it didn't take us to the moon right away. It wasn't like we were one of these venture-backed companies where you're like, spend at all costs. We don't care if you lose. We just want 2X growth every year. What you don't get with that is solid foundation. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is What I'm very proud of is our customer return rate, Mm -hmm. our conversion rate, our subscription rate, how sticky and strong our email list is. What it shows is that our customer base is very loyal and they are in it and that we have a super high LTV and that really isn't done with ad dollars. Mm -hmm. LTV is acquired through personal touch and through making sure the product and the company messaging and customer service is really on point. And so for us, once again, this will start as a little side hustle. So we didn't come at it from a financial standpoint of like, how do we grow this to a hundred million dollars? It's like, Mm -hmm. how do we help people and go from there?
0: That is, I mean, so beautiful and so well said. And I love that you touch on like kind of this, the strengths of both you and Angie, and then how you were applying that to the brand, but also how you were leading with that community first. I think, again, we see so many brands right now, especially in the CPG space, where it's like, it's just kind of feels like it's this quick roller coaster of like building up and doing all these things and spend, spend, spend. And like, exactly like what you were saying, like kind of these VC backed companies that I feel like with Soul, you guys have just so established your audience in a way where you have built up that loyalty. You have given that education, but you also like keep them very in tune. Like, I feel like, again, like you're very in touch with your community and what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I think that, you know, it helps having two co-founders that are on social media mm-hmm. and especially Angie, like she's the one that carries the weight on that aspect, but we like to do IG lives and we like to, you know, you hop on our website right now and there's a video of us me and Angie talking about our different products and you can click on different options. It's like, choose your adventure, but yeah. me and Angie telling you about the business. And so we don't want to tie the business entirely to us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we know early on in the growth stage, it's important that people, you know, we're selling trust, right? Like you think about an industry that's really not very regulated and people don't know what to trust. And so there's very few companies where they can be like, oh, well, who can I complain to just in case, you know? (laughs) And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's me. (laughs) So
0: I, I, yep, I couldn't agree more, Mike. So as an entrepreneur, what were some of the learning lessons going into a product-based business? Like, what were some, like, if you could share with our audience right now, those that are, you know, maybe they're in their career, they're wanting to become an entrepreneur, they're wanting to make the jump. What were some big learning lessons that you, you know, kind of experienced by building soul?
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, start small. Like, there's no reason why you have to quit your job and put your entire 401k into something. Like test it out at a small scale and slowly like crawl before you walk mm-hmm. and just little bites at a time. And then I think the most important thing that I really credit some of our success to is that be willing to fail. And I know that sounds so cliche and it's like, you see every other podcast or motivational speech that says that, but like, honestly, I'm willing to look stupid. I'm, I'm willing to lose I'm not willing to say what if, yeah. you know, I mean, I've been knocked out in front of a million people on TV. Mm-hmm. I've also won in front of a million people on TV. I'm not afraid to lose and look stupid because I know eventually I'll get there. Yeah. And even today, there's times when I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. and I'm not afraid to make mistakes. And so yeah. don't be afraid to make mistakes. There'll be learning lessons. Crawl before you walk, start small. And then <laughs> the final thing is, Get your like brand positioning down and and your idea of like what the roadmap looks like one year, five years or one year, three years, five years out. I wish I did that in the beginning because mm. now sitting four years in, we've gone through two rebrands mm. mm-hmm. and rebrands are expensive. They're stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh And in the last one was a minor rebrand, but still like everything between label and website and, and messaging. And so, you know, not that you can't rebrand, but. Get your blueprint and your, your plan, your mission, your core values, all that down from the get-go. Otherwise you're trying to be a million things to a million different people. And to be quite honest, that's what I found. Sometimes we fall in the trap of, uh, and getting, getting better at through messing up, you
0: know? Absolutely. And I want to, I want to ask one follow-up question to that too, is what was, what was kind of the moment where you were like, okay, this is now bigger than me and Angie and we need to scale this. What what did that kind of look like? Cause I know, I mean, again, when people hear this, it sounds like maybe it's just you two and then you've built this team, but now you're actually scaling this to being one of the most recognized, you know, wellness brands. So what did, what did that kind of scalability look like? And when did you start making those moves?
1: Once again, we crawled before we walked with every decision. So our first hire was customer service. And then I ended up finding uh, someone who helped with the website. And then we knew at some point we needed a COO. We kept growing and growing and we were bootstrapped in the beginning. So it was like we had to be profitable. So the crawl before you walk, I think is is really important. There's never like one specific answer of like, eight weeks in, you should have this operator or this customer service, you know, the beginning was me in a spare bedroom labeling stuff with Angie, me running to USPS every single day, like with the little blue padded envelopes. And it wasn't until about a year and a half in, we were doing our own fulfillment. I was printing out the labels. Mm -hmm. I was just up at night, YouTubing, like literally the stupidest stuff, like how to print a label off ship station. And like, what are USPS different rates? Like I just, everything you want is on the internet. Like there's no excuse if you have the drive and you have that why. And so I just kind of taught myself step-by-step and then we we scaled along the way. And I think it's been a really cool process kind of learning. I will, so there wasn't one pivotal moment where I was like, okay, time to take this to the next level. But I will say somewhat early on, I think maybe even a week in, there was a moment when one of the first orders came in that I didn't know who it was. Right. So like in the beginning, it was friends, family, even like friends of friends. Okay, I recognize them, appreciate the support. But then when someone came in who I noticed through social media had no connection to us and just found the brand, that was a wild moment of fulfilling that order and being like, oh, wow. Like. People actually do want this. It's not just like (laughs) my mom and her friends that are like supporting me, you know?
0: That's such a cool moment. And I I totally feel that. I mean, jumping from the marketing agency into having to fulfill my own boxes and like living at the post office has been such an interesting move. But I, I also love that you're kind of talking about just being really kind of like self-driven and figuring things out and to kind of having that mindset of I'm going to get there. I'm going to figure it out. It's just a matter of time. And I think that that's something too, I want to kind of highlight is that mindset that you have.
1: Yeah, and time is the most important word that you said because then you get to a point where you have a whole different set of problems, Mm -hmm. right? And so I ran into problems to where I didn't have enough time. Mm -hmm. And also I was doing such a small stuff that I couldn't impact the business in a big way. Mm -hmm. So once again, going back to like, how can we compete? How can I compete differently? So the best use of my time was no longer fulfilling and labeling. I had to figure out how to get more sales, yeah. how to grow the brand. So I hired out for that. And then the new set of problems that I'm still working on is like, we've got so many incredible operators, the business, cause they're running on its own so much more. How do I stay out of the weeds and how do I impact things on a big, big wow. picture scale? Yeah. So that gets tough because as an entrepreneur, you want here, it's like, this is my baby. And like, I want to have every little gift box that goes out or copy that's sent out. Like I want to look at it. But at some point you end up shooting yourself in the foot, like trying
0: to micromanage. I feel that. I mean, there's a reason why I stay off client calls nowadays, because I just end up making everything way more complicated than it needs to be. (laughs)
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. I
0: love it so much. Mike, you have been such a pleasure. I want to ask you one final question. And that is, what does influence mean to you?
1: Well, I think influence has had a kind of a derogatory and like almost taboo sense in the past few years, for sure. But to me, I think true influence means being authentic and people responding to that. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, there's so much more transparency. And the more authentic you can be to who you are and what you are, that's how you influence people. And maybe you're only influencing one person. Maybe it's a million people. But if you're not authentic to who you are, it'll come through sooner or later. And whatever that is for you, that's your competitive advantage. You know, if you, no matter what walk of life you come, what, where you come from, what language you speak, your ethnicity, your traumas, your experiences, your wins, your losses, all of that use that in authenticity to sell your product or, or message.
0: Well said. Well said. Mike, where can everyone find you? How can they shop Soul CBD or soul? Are we are we rebranding to just soul now? I believe so.
1: Yeah, we're just we're just soul just now. Soul yeah. We're
0: moving into all the yeah. wellness things. Where can everyone find right. you?
1: Our URL, our website for soul is get soul.com. Mm-hmm. Same with our handles, get soul on Instagram, TikTok. Please reach out, DM us. Uh, I'm at at official mike lee and Angie is at Angie Lee Show. Uh, it's right there on the Soul IG. Our handles. If you're also experiencing autoimmune issues or questions with CBD, um, more than happy to answer any questions.
0: Amazing, Mike. Well, thank you so much for going under the influence with us.
1: Cool. Thanks, Whitney.